It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and we are starting Tears of Evan this week. Get fired up. We will have Tears of Evan the next five or six weeks, whatever it is. He's Evan Silva, at Evan Silva on Twitter from EstablishTheRun.com, his new venture, which is fantastic. And if you are looking for a place to make your online wagers, head over to BetOnline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1 to get a 50% sign-up bonus today. So, Evan, beyond fired up to get into your tears our most popular shows every year. Very fired up to dive into the quarterbacks. First, though, we need to remind people, you can still get into the Fantasy Feast Redraft League and go against Evan and myself this year. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, journeyman, five teams, seven years, love fantasy football because of the engagement that it gets so many people in the NFL, and it's fun. It's really fun. So we're taking entries, and really, there's several ways you can enter. One is just be creative. Two is if you rate and review all of our show on Apple Podcasts and then send me that those screenshots in an email, ross at rosstucker.com, or even if you just take advantage of any of the sponsors that we have for you on the sponsor page over at rosstucker.com. Some people are getting creative, though. Scott Sheriff got me backstage to Carrie Underwood. He's her keyboard player. That was pretty cool. Uh, Justin Christopher, Steve Knoll, one of them sent me a whole bunch of beer, which was pretty nice. This week, uh, Brian and Evan, we only have one guy that made the cut to get in, and that is Scotty Boyd. Scotty was messing around with his kids, and they were doing daddy time coloring with markers, and he went and colored all four of the show logos. Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money for the Sports Betting, the College Draft, you know, for people that are really into the draft, and of course, the Fantasy Feast, sent me them framed awesome logos that now i got to figure out, Bri, where to put them, and Evan, where to put them in my office here. That was really cool, really creative, and the guy has three kids under age three. So I don't know how you're going to be in a fantasy league, but it seems like you could use it. So Scotty Boyd is in. So we now have five guys in, five people in. It's all guys at this point. But every week we're taking another entry or two. So figure out something creative or cool or just do any of the stuff that I told you to do and you could be next. It's Tears of Evan time. You ready to rock and roll, big boy? Yes, I am. You got it, Brian. You got to play the the Scott Sheriff song. Yes, Carrie Underwood, keyboard player. He got me in. Uh, Evan, I went. I hung out with him backstage. Carrie Underwood. It's awesome. Here we go. Everybody, moment of silence. Will I win my league? If I'm following ever. Yes. 
Yes, you will. Am I drafting Z? Yes, he won't hold out that long. If I'm following ever. The name of the site is establishtherun.com, of course. I'm at the turn. Two picks to burn. But I know I won't go wrong with tears of heaven. Yes! Oh, that gets me fired up every year, and he'll be in the season-long Fantasy Feast League, Evan. Let us start with Tier 1. You only have two guys in your quarterback Tier 1. Deshaun Watson, your QB1, and Patrick Holmes, your QB... Uh, Patrick Holmes. Patrick Mahomes, your QB2, Evan. Yes, and you know because quarterbacks are devalued in start one quarterback leagues, which the vast majority of people play, um, they need to be true point scoring difference makers to be worthy of early round picks. You know, uh, of to be worthy of drafting, like let's say before the sixth round. Um, and Patrick Mahomes obviously checked that box last year. He threw the second most touchdown passes of all time in only his first season as an NFL starter. Uh, it's beginning to look more and more like Tyreek Hill's suspension is going to be in the zero to four game range as opposed to the six to eight game range, which I had initially anticipated. But just as more kind of rumors and word and information has come out, it looks like Tyreek Hill's suspension is not going to be particularly lengthy. Um, so that is good news for Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill is a, a massive difference maker on the football field. I think that Patrick Mahomes is still at risk of some regression. You know, we talked about this a lot last year with Deshaun Watson when he was coming off a rookie season where his touchdown rate was like uh, above 9% and his touchdown rate was going to drop. Didn't, didn't mean that he was going to be a bust. But we knew that it was going to drop, and it, of course it fell to 5.1%. Last year, Patrick Mahomes' touchdown rate, 8.6%, highest in the league. Um, I would anticipate him to be more around 6% this year. Uh, that still means that he's going to have a, a really, really good season. Um, and this team's going to be throwing the heck out of the ball. And their defense, I don't think, is going to take very much of a step. So they're going to continue to be a shootout team. Uh, but I do have Deshaun Watson as my number one fantasy quarterback for this year uh, with Kiki QT and Will Fuller back and DeAndre Hopkins, of course, uh, atop the depth chart. I think that this three receiver set has the potential to be one of the best in the league. And um, Deshaun Watson actually, as a rookie, scored more fantasy points per game than Patrick Mahomes did last season. So we've already seen Deshaun Watson be that true difference maker, and he adds more on the ground with his legs than Patrick Mahomes does. And one last note, um, Deshaun, so last year the Texans faced the easiest schedule in the NFL. Well, this year, according to uh, Warren Sharp's uh, opponent win totals based strength of schedule, the Texans go from facing the easiest schedule in the NFL to the to the uh, hardest schedule in the NFL. So that's going to make the Texans play from behind a little bit more this year. And I went back and looked at how has Deshaun Watson performed when uh, he has played from behind as opposed to when uh, he, his team has played from ahead. We talked about this a few shows back on, uh, during the Research Notes show. And 
Deshaun Watson went from averaging 7.4 yards per pass attempt when playing with a lead to 8.7 yards per pass attempt when playing uh, from behind. And his yards per carry went from 4.8 to 6.2. And I think that when you watch Deshaun Watson play, you know, he kind of thrives when he's playing with urgency, when he's playing from behind. And, you know, he, he kind of thrives when he's uncomfortable. And um, I think he's going to be in a lot more scenarios where he's playing from behind, playing with urgency this year based on the schedule. And I think that this passing attack has a chance to be prolific. And one, la- one last note, actually, this will be the last one. Bill O'Brien, since the Texans, since he got to the Texans, he's been there five years now. They finished top 12 in the NFL in offensive plays per game in all five seasons. So he's a guy who likes to, to play with tempo, and they have been able to fire off a lot of plays even when they've had just atrocious quarterbacking, you know, with Brock Osweiler and Tom Savage, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's, those are the, you know, this is my first tier for a reason because these guys are the top two difference makers at the position. But th- those, that's my reasoning for having Deshaun Watson just a little bit above Patrick Mahomes uh, within this first tier. All right, tier two, Evan, you've got four quarterbacks. Andrew Luck is QB3. Aaron Rodgers, QB4. Heard a lot of buzz about both those two guys. Baker Mayfield, your QB5, and then Russell Wilson is QB6. So second tier signal callers are the rest of like the elite every week starters. You know, you're going to start Andrew Luck when he plays the Jaguars, for instance. You know, you're going to start Russell Wilson when he plays the Jaguars. You know, when they play against tough teams, you're still rolling with him. You're starting Aaron Rodgers against the Bears, you know. Um, So that's what kind of defines this tier. The Colts, Andrew Luck is at the top, and I I seriously considered um, putting him uh, in the first tier. But – Uh, He came up just short. He's at the top of this second tier. The Colts return all five offensive line starters after allowing the fewest sacks in the league. Um, Andrew Luck's pass-catching core has never been deeper. Uh, He's got Eric Ebron coming back, T.Y. Hilton coming back. They added Devin Funchess. They added Paris Campbell. Um, Jack Doyle is coming back from injury. You know, this this pass-catcher core has never been so deep uh, in Andrew Luck's career. Um, And... Then if you move on to Aaron Rodgers, my quarterback four, uh, even in a down year where, you know, all he really had was Devontae Adams last year. I mean, Jimmy Graham really didn't show up, especially in the red zone. You know, the, the rookies were in and out of the doghouse all season. Aaron Rodgers in week one last year suffered a tibial fracture and a sprained MCL. You know, that, that's that's a serious injury. He never missed any time. He finished as the overall quarterback seven. Now, this is a guy who's going to experience positive regression when it comes to his touchdown rate because his touchdown rate last year was 4.2%. That's the lowest since Aaron Rodgers replaced Brett Favre as the Packers' starting quarterback. Um, And it's about two percentage points lower than his career average. Uh, I went back and looked at, you know, just if he would have thrown touchdown passes at his normal career rate, you know, nothing special, just what he normally does, he would have thrown – 12 more touchdown passes last year, and he would have been the number three overall fantasy quarterback, wound up finishing as the quarterback seven. Um, with Baker Mayfield, quarterback number five, you know, adding Odell Beckham 
is going to be provide a huge lift for him. You can go back and look at the the splits with and without Odell Beckham on the field for the Giants uh, regarding Eli Manning, and just you know a significantly better fantasy quarterback over the course of his career over the last five seasons since Odell Beckham entered the league. Eli Manning averaged almost five more fantasy points per game when Odell Beckham was starting, and so that's going you know he's going to lift the offense. In Cleveland, uh, Baker Mayfield already was the quarterback seven in points per game after the Browns fired Hugh Jackson last year. Russell Wilson rounding out the tier, the shakiest bet in here, not because he isn't awesome. Obviously, Russell Wilson is awesome, but he has uh, his, his touchdown rate really could regress. I mean, 8.2 percent, highest of his career last year. He's much more of a six percent guy. Um and his pass attempts last year, 4-27 and 27 under Brian Schottenheimer because the Seahawks are so committed to the run, his fewest since 2013, which was Russell Wilson's uh, rookie year. So, um, you know, are they can? I think they'll throw the ball a little bit more, but they're still going to be maybe the run-heaviest team in the NFC. And so his opportunities are limited. He, he does project for some positive regression in terms of his rushing because – uh, last year was the first year of Russell Wilson's career where he did not have a single rushing touchdown all season. Let's get to tier three, Evan. You've got four quarterbacks in this tier as well. Carson Wentz is QB seven, Cam Newton QB eight, Matt Ryan QB nine, and Kyler Murray, the rookie QB ten. So this third tier, what defines this third tier is having the, the ability to be an every-week fantasy starter. Um, but ha- but these guys all have at least one limitation. Last season, although it wasn't you know seen or viewed as being nearly as good as um, his second NFL season in 2017 when he was getting a ton of MVP buzz, uh, but last year Carson, went, Carson Wentz improved his completion rate, improved his yards per attempt, off of that MVP caliber sophomore year, uh, but his back is a concern. If healthy, I think that you know you look at his supporting cast, uh, his offensive line. They're so loaded on the offensive line they traded up for a first round offensive lineman. He isn't even going to start week one. Um, they added Miles Sanders and JJ Arcega Whiteside and Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson has been a guy who has elevated uh, his quarterbacks historically. I mean, even going back as far as like. Donovan McNabb. I mean, if you look at Deshaun or Donovan McNabb's stats with and without Deshaun Jackson, he was a better quarterback with Deshaun Jackson on the field. Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, was a much better quarterback with, with Deshaun Jackson um, on the field. Kirk Cousins had has massive splits. Robert Griffin III has massive splits when Deshaun Jackson plays as opposed to when he does not. So he's a guy that can help lift the offense. Uh, in at quarterback number eight, Carson Wentz is quarterback seven. Quarterback number eight, Cam Newton. Um, he his limitation is injury related as well. Last year, Cam Newton was the number five overall fantasy quarterback in weeks one through twelve, and his arm gave out down the stretch. And now this has happened a couple of times now. At this point, he had surgery again. Surgery, you know, should fix the problems, but he's had surgery before. And it didn't fix the arm problems. 
you know, and I think a lot of people around the league believe that the arm problems developed because of Cam's technique and because, you know, he never really mastered the fundamentals of being a, a passer. Um, and it, it sounds like he's put a lot more time into his technique and his fundamentals this offseason. So those are positive things. And we know how effective he has been as a runner throughout his career. Maybe, you know, one of the best running quarterbacks of all time, if not the best running quarterback of all time. Matt Ryan adds nothing with his legs. So complete opposite. Um, but that's his limitation. And I think he's going to find himself in fewer shootout games with, a, you know, all the critical defenders that they lost last year coming back healthy. Uh, and then Kyler Murray sneaks into this tier. And, I mean, he's tempting to just try to jam him up as high as he possibly can because it, it really is a perfect storm from a fantasy standpoint. Kyler Murray in this offense that intends to run a ton of plays lost Patrick Peterson for the first six games. That's going to increase the likelihood that they are in shootout games. Um, I like, you know, the the profile of Cliff Kingsbury as a, a progressive, up-tempo, pass-oriented coach. And, I mean, Kyler Murray has, like, some legitimate Michael Vick caliber traits and I think is a, a much better passer than Michael Vick ever was. Um, so his upside is sky high, even as a rookie. And we've seen many rookies, especially rookies that are mobile, um, have big seasons. Josh Allen down the stretch was was a monster in weeks 12 through 17. You know, Dak Prescott was a top 10 fantasy quarterback as a rookie. Russell Wilson was a top 10 fantasy quarterback as a rookie. Cam Newton was a top five fantasy quarterback uh, as a rookie. Deshaun Watson was the number one overall scorer as a rookie um, on a per game basis. So uh, I think that Kyler Murray absolutely can follow in those guys' footsteps and be, be an every week fantasy starter, um, you know, at, in his first NFL season his limitation, of course, is just simply that he's a rookie. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of unknown and uncertainty in Arizona because Cliff Kingsbury is also a rookie to the NFL as a coach. All right. How about tier four? There's a bunch of quarterbacks that fit into your tier four, Evan. Jameis Winston's QB 11, Big Ben, QB 12, Dak Prescott, QB 13, Josh Allen, QB 14, Lamar Jackson, QB 15, Drew Brees, QB 16, Jared Goff, QB 17, Philip Rivers, QB 18, Kirk Cousins, QB 19. Your biggest tier other than tier seven, which is basically like all the leftover guys. Yeah, these are the guys that, you know, and they're, they're obviously the, I made like a really big tier for a reason. And these are the guys that you start looking at like in the 10th round. And this is why you use tiers is because you can kind of wait until you see there's only a couple of these guys left. And then and then, you know, the pull, to pull the trigger on your late round quarterback. You know, this is this tier. It's so big. It's a, a great testament to the depth of the quarterback position as the NFL has gotten more pass heavy. And as we've gotten more quarterbacks in the league that can run, um, which, you know, is as Rich Rebar would call it. Um, the, the Konami code, uh, you know, you have an advantage. Um, you have an advantage if your quarterback can run and add points on the ground in addition to his passing stats. Uh, I mean, shoot, you know, if a quarterback runs for 40 yards in a game, you know, that's the equivalent of in a standard league, a, a passing touchdown is worth four points. So, I mean, if you can get 40 rushing yards, that's like, like your quarterback threw another touchdown. 
So it's it's a really, really big advantage. A bunch of guys in this tier check that box. Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, those guys all can run and uh, give you the, the, that, the, that supplemental scoring. Um, based on – I've looked at sportsbook odds uh, at, at, you know, as, as quarterbacks that – like who are gonna, who's going to lead the NFL in pass attempts. And I really like Jameis Winston as that pick. You know, Bruce Arians uh, is now in Tampa Bay. This defense is not going to be good yet again. I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul isn't even going to be ready for the start of the season. He's probably their best defender. He had 12 sacks last season. Uh, looks like he's going to open the season on reserve PUP. Um, and, uh, you know, if you just look at the the history of Bruce Arians, he's very much been a pass-heavy coach. And his last two offenses in Arizona both finished top five in the NFL in offensive plays per game. There's going to be some hiccups with Jameis Winston. That's just who he is. You know, hey, he might lead the NFL in interceptions. But interceptions don't really hurt us too much in fantasy. Um and I think that he can have a really big year. Everything is on the line for Jameis Winston this year uh, in the final year of his contract. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I think you know, it, it hurts him that, that Antonio Brown is no longer going to be there. But I think that they've got enough talent on the offensive line, bringing back all five starters. You know, I like a lot of the role players that they have. I think that Dante Moncrief is a potential breakout guy this year, kind of like a later career breakout. I certainly think that Vance McDonald is. You know, he was third among tight ends last year in yards after the catch. Um, and he, only George Kittle broke more tackles than Vance McDonald. I think that Vance McDonald is a, a guy who's like taking steps forward kind of later in his career. Um, James Washington, I think, is still interesting. You know, they, they, uh, they, they drafted Deontay Johnson very early in the third round. I think they've got enough talent. Um, in the passing game for Ben Roethlisberger to continue to be a borderline um, or a, a guy that might have a chance to, to continue to be a, a, an every week fantasy starter. Dak Prescott at quarterback 13, you know, he has never finished lower than quarterback 11 in a season. And he absolutely exploded after they traded for Amari Cooper last season. Um, just huge splits. I mean, average like over 70 more passing yards per game once they acquired Amari Cooper. Josh Allen talked about him. He's at quarterback 14. He was the number one overall fantasy quarterback from weeks 12 through 17 last year. Lamar Jackson, he made seven starts last year for the Ravens. He was the quarterback eight during that span. Um, and I do think that he's going to take a step forward as a passer. Um, you know, did not even get first team reps until week 10 last year. Uh, Drew Brees, I I'm way, way down on him. You know, he slipped in the second half of last season. This has been a team that has run the ball a lot more over the past two seasons. Their defense has gotten better. They invested in uh, Latavius Murray. They're bringing back four or five offensive line starters. Um, and they, you know, and then they, they invested in the position where they lost Max Unger gave uh, Nick Easton what a four-year, $24 million deal. And they also used the second-round pick on Eric McCoy out of Texas A&M, uh, both to compete for that center spot. You know, I just I think it's going to be a balanced team. And Drew Brees has finished quarterback eight or worse in consecutive seasons, doesn't add anything with his legs. Um, so a, a guy that I'm letting other people draft this year in fantasy. Jared Goff, um, kind of similar in that he doesn't add anything with his legs. I'm worried about his play uh, 
likely to be under pressure a lot more this year. You know, the interior of this Rams offensive line is being almost entirely remade. You know, they they lost Roger Saffold. They're turning to Joseph Noteboom, who's barely played in the NFL. They lost John John Sullivan. Wasn't, you know, he was kind of on his last legs. Clearly, I don't even think he's been picked up by anybody else. But now they're turning to Brian Allen, who has, has not played, you know, in the NFL. And that creates uncertainty regarding Jared Goff. Jared Goff last year had some of the biggest splits under pressure versus kept clean in the entire league last season. And so um, if he's going to be under pressure more, you know, he's not going to play as well, as well. And I think he might be under pressure a lot more this season. Um, and Andrew Whitworth, look, he's still awesome, but you know, the, the, the wheels could kind of fall off him at any point. I mean, he's almost 40 years old at this point. Um, so just a little bit too much risk there for Jared Goff for me to be drafting him. Phillip Rivers doesn't also doesn't add anything with his legs. This is going to be a balanced offense. Phillip Rivers is going to be rock solid. So is Kirk Cousins, I think. But, you know, these are balanced offenses. Kirk Cousins' offense this year might even lean run heavy. So not guys that I'm prioritizing drafting this year, um, but – Certainly, guys who I think are, are going to finish top twenty and and will have and will have an opportunity to finish top twelve. A lot of what goes into finishing top twelve as you know a quote unquote quarterback one is just staying healthy and being a compiler and being able to compile stats over a sixteen game season. These guys have stayed healthy: Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Philip Rivers, Kirk Cousins. So they're going to finish high. But in terms of being week to week difference makers. You know, I really prefer my quarterbacks to be able to add something on the ground. Yeah, well, we've seen that in recent years, that's for sure. Tier 5 includes at least one guy who does from time to time. That's Mitchell Trubisky, your QB 20. Sam Darnold, QB 21. The best quarterback Golden Tate's ever played with, Matthew Stafford, is quarterback 22. Tom Brady, quarterback 23, is just disrespectful. And Jimmy Garoppolo, QB 24. You hate Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, my God. Do not even start. <laughs> um, this tier is a blend of, like, potential breakout guys and question mark veterans. You started off with Mitchell Trubisky. He's at quarterback 20. He was the quarterback five overall last year in weeks one through ten. And then he suffered that throwing shoulder injury in week 11. He missed two games. Chase Daniels filled in for him. And then he really kind of sputtered out. He was the quarterback 23 in weeks 14 through 17 and really did not play well for most of that playoff game against the Eagles. Um, so I just think he's a question mark. I could see him taking a, another really big leap, though. I mean, I think that that's very much in his range of outcomes. And – where I have him, I mean, I, I still often get him in drafts. I mean, having him at quarterback 20, you mentioned how good he is as a runner. I mean, I think he's, you know, a top five running quarterback in the league. It's just, is he going to Im uh, improve as a passer? Second year in the offense, second year with all these guys, you know, they remade their pass catcher core last offseason. All those guys are coming back under one of the uh, most creative offensive coordinators in the league. I really could see him taking a big, big step. This year, but I could also see him starting to kind of taper off and, and plateau or maybe even regress a little bit. So he's just kind of like a wild card, I think, at this point. Sam Darnold, he was up and down as a rookie, but he finished strong. He had the highest quarterback or QBR in the NFL over the final month of the season. Um, 
you know, you look at the pass catcher core in New York for him. Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, Chris Herndon, Quincy Anunua, and Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that's kind of like an exciting group. Um, and, you know, I, I'm worried about their interior offensive line. Um, you know, Adam Gase wanted to sign Matt Parity, so formerly of the Broncos. He went up going to Carolina. They have like a hole at center. I mean, you know, there aren't a, a lot of teams that just have like gaping holes at a position. The Jets have like a massive crater at the center position, and that's a little bit worrisome uh, for the second-year quarterback. And then you look at G- Adam Gase's history, you know, his offense has finished dead last, 22nd, and dead last in the NFL in offensive plays per game in Miami. You know, and we like we want volume in fantasy, more plays. We're going to be able to score more fantasy points. We're going to get more opportunity to score fantasy points. And, you know, the hope is that Adam Gase will not – play at that slow of a pace uh, when he goes to the Jets. He's going to have a lot more talent, at least in the skill position core. Matthew Stafford, he's in a run-heavy offense at this point. And, you know, for years he was in a one of the pass-heaviest offenses in the league. But that's no longer the case in Detroit. You know, Daryl Bevel, who they hired, is a classic run-heavy offensive coordinator. Matt Patricia has made it very, very clear, you know um, – how much he values the running game. And so, and, and Matthew Stafford is not going to add anything with his legs. So um, he has, his fantasy stock has really, really, really come down. Tom Brady is obviously not going to add anything with his legs. So much of what Tom Brady, um, his outlook this year, I think is dependent upon is Josh Gordon going to come back. Um, last year, Tom Brady averaged almost two more yards per pass attempt and 3.5 more fantasy points per game when Josh Gordon played. Um, and if we don't, if we don't get Josh Gordon, I mean, we're looking like, we're looking at like a skill position core of Matt Lacoste, Philip Dorsett, the rookie in Keel Harry, and, and um, you know Julian Edelman, who look. You know, it looks to me like he hasn't lost anything. He's a freaking Super Bowl MVP, but he's also, what, 33, 34 years old. So, you know, and, and what they haven't done is they – and they have, like, the best offensive line in the league, right? Or it's like a top three unit. And um, they have invested so much in the running back position. It looks like this team is just going to – is going to be more of a run-heavy team um, going forward. And then Jimmy Garoppolo rounds out this tier – you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off a torn ACL. Um, his pass catcher core is comprised of, of course, George Kittle, who's maybe the best tight end in the league right now. But then, you know, Dante Pettis, who has 27 career catches. His number two receiver is Debo Samuel, who has zero career catches. Marquise Goodwin, you know, they're, they're scaling him back because, you know, he just could not stay healthy. And also he's kind of got his eye on the 2020 Olympics. So he's going to be a situational player. So just a lot of question marks throughout his pass catcher core. Jimmy G has played, I think he's a really interesting dynasty by low, though, right now. You know, he was a consensus top 10 fantasy quarterback at this time last year. Consensus top 10. And now he's way down in the 20s. And, um, you know, you look at his history, he's made eight starts now under Kyle Shanahan. 65% completion rate, eight and a half yards per pass attempt, six and two record. His only losses were to the Vikings and the Chiefs on the road. 
And I know that that doesn't necessarily matter. You know, win, wins and losses don't necessarily matter in fantasy, but it's an indication that he's played well within this offense, and the offense is trustworthy. Look at Nick Mullins averaged over eight yards per pass attempt last year. Nick Mullins, okay? So I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a really interesting dynasty by low right now, and in two quarterback leagues, he is a, a, a screaming target. I mean, I think that he's a guy that we should be going after, especially in two quarterback leagues. And he and he may get to the point where he's, you know, a, a guy that we're looking, we're actively looking to stream against bad pass defenses. You know, the Jimmy G thing is interesting too because it reminds me of like what Fezzik talks about on the Even Money podcast, where you know the opening line right for a game is what Jimmy G was last year, and that's kind of he gets hurt, out of sight, out of mind. And now there's tremendous line movement. And you're like, wait a minute, was it really that justified? So usually the original line, there's a reason why that was the original line, which is Jimmy G being a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Top or tier six, Derek Carr, QB 25, Andy Dalton, QB 26, and Big Dick Nick Foles, QB 27. <laughs> Value pick best ball quarterback twos and threes that no one wants to draft right now. I mean, these guys, people do not want to draft these guys. Um, but I also think that they could offer in season streamer value. Uh, let's start with Derek Carr, quarterback 25. He added Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams. Um, and Derek Carr is a positive touchdown regression candidate. Last year, <clears throat> His touchdown rate was 3.3%. You remember at the top, we're talking about Deshaun Watson was like in the 9% range as a rookie, and Patrick Mahomes last year, 8.6%. Um, Derek Carr, 3.3% last year. That is just anemic. Um, and is a, a full percentage point lower than his career average, which is 4.3%. So if he just gets back to his career average, he's going to take a really big leap in the number of touchdown passes he throws. And, I mean, I would fully expect him to – I would really expect him to outperform his career average considering, you know, now he's got Antonio Brown and, and Tyrell Williams. I mean, th this receiver core is much better than what he had last season. I think his, his pass protection was to the point where, like, it can't get worse than it was last year. Trent Brown um, – Trent Brown will help, I think, at right tackle, just a, a massive presence. Um, you know, the, the interior is still pretty good. Um, Richie Incognito is going to miss the first two games, but he'll be back for week three. And Rodney Hudson and Game Jackson are back on the interior. The big question mark, of course, is going to be Colton Miller and whether he can improve in year two. But uh, Derek Carr, as a guy that no one wants, really good um, late, late quarterback two and best ball pick. I mean, I think he's going to have some big games. He better have some big games because this, this defense is not going to be good in Oakland yet again. They're going to need to score points. Um, Andy Dalton, you know, I think that I think that he's kind of underrated. You know, I think that Zach Taylor can bring some freshness to, to this, an offense that just had grown stale over the last several seasons. Um, A.J. Green is still going strong. He was number seven among 96 wide receivers last year in yards per route run. You know, he is not falling off uh, whatsoever. I know his, he's been injured a little bit more recently. He did play 16 games in 2017, though. Um, and his injuries have just been kind of bad luck. Tyler Boyd took a big third-year leap last season. Tyler Eifert healthy for now. Um, so I think that Andy Dalton, I think that he's kind of underrated 
this year. And I also think that Nick Foles is a little bit underrated. Um, always has been a high variance guy who, you know, has had really, really high highs and really, really low lows. I mean, it, what was it? Uh, he has, you know, all, uh, the, the prolific playoff runs with the Eagles. Um, so a, a high variance guy who's going to have some big games, going to have some bad games. But he's going to mix in some big games, and that's what you want in best ball. And this is a guy you can get like in the 16th round in best ball. Okay, let's keep it rolling, Evan. Your last tier. It is tier seven. Kind of everybody else. Man, you don't want to be in this tier. Marcus Mariota, QB 28. Joe Flacco, QB 29. Eli Manning, QB 30. Dwayne Haskins, QB 31. Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick, QB 32. Daniel Jones, QB 33. Josh Rosen, QB 34. Case Keenum, QB 35. Ryan Tannehill, QB 36. Drew Locke, QB 37. Multiple teams have multiple quarterbacks in Tier 7. What what is there even to say about these guys? Yeah, so these are deep league quarterback threes. You know, these guys should, like, be owned on dynasty rosters. Um, And, I mean, there are a couple of guys you can draft in best ball here. uh, But almost all these guys have job security concerns. You know, the Titans traded for Ryan Tannehill. That puts Marcus Mariota on a on a shorter leash. The Broncos could easily turn to Jake, to uh, Drew Locke late in the season if Joe Flacco falters. Uh, and it's, it's only a matter of time before Daniel Jones takes over for Eli Manning. Daniel Jones, according to reports, like outplayed Eli Manning during OTAs and minicamp. Um, and Daniel Jones is going to add an element of athleticism to the Giants offense that I think that they're probably going to need. You know, um, uh, Redskins beat writers think that Dwayne Haskins will replace Keenum, Case Keenum by, you know, no later than the end of September. I don't think it would be surprising if Dwayne Haskins actually started in week one. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, I think he's got some you only live once appeal, uh, you know, with the Dolphins. I think that he, you know, he's a guy that always mixes in big games. You know, he has disaster games, too. Um, cause you know, but he, he's going to mix in some big games, but also Josh Rosen is going to play this year for the dolphins. So, um, you know, I wouldn't expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to like make 16 starts or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, these are, you know, it's like just guys that are on the radar and, and we'll be monitoring them as the season progresses, but all those guys have job security concerns. Evan, that was amazing. I love Tears of Evan. Love starting out with the quarterbacks and love taking your knowledge about these guys and thinking about going over to betonline.ag using that knowledge to use the promo code podcast1, get a 50% welcome bonus and getting the opportunity to place some prop bets on these quarterbacks based on that information. Love it. betonline.ag Promo code podcast one so you get the fifty percent welcome bonus. That'll do it for this week. Next week we will continue the Tears of Evan series as we will throughout the next five or six weeks. Make sure you're retweeting the show, rating and reviewing it. All that stuff helps and could potentially be the difference between you getting into the fantasy feast season long league or not. Other than that, I am stuffed. We're done.
Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.